Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Tuesday afternoon week one is now finally fully and officially in the books for the college football season we turn our attention to week two but not without doing a little more looking back coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios Pearl River Resort is the home of the sportsbook inside the Golden Moon Casino sportsbook at timeout lounge and uh, encourage you to check them out the next time you are in that part of the state might even be worth a special trip could have been uh, that uh, it was a profitable trip for you if you uh, you chose the right teams this past weekend. Uh, learn more at PearlRiverResort.com. Ceasefire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. Introducing the new Connect and Protect plan from Ceasefire, the phone your kids want with easy-to-use parental controls for you. It's just $30 a month with auto pay. Learn more at Ceasefire.com. Seaspire customer inspired. Got a couple so of do you watch uh, the Mercer game? Is that what you're saying? We're going to look back. So because you you did an in depth film study, took a lot of notes. You got a few pages. We're going to get through to. Is, is that what you meant? Um, no. Oh, no, no, no. There, 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 there was a game last night that we have not yet discussed. Hey, and then we got to scrap uh, the show plans because you might. worked for hours last night on southeastern Louisiana and. Uh, we had our first ever PowerPoint that was going to go up here on uh, on Super Talk TV. We we had we had I had graphics, I had Photoshop. I learned how to do Photoshop for nothing, for nothing, for absolutely nothing. Sorry, I had to. Uh, we got a couple of guests coming up this afternoon on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. We'll talk some Southern Miss with Luke Johnson. Ari Wasserman from The Athletic will join us. We'll talk big-picture college football stuff with him. Uh, guys, I'm going to say we, but the fact is I just about got got earlier today. So oh, no. I was oh, – no. um, Will sent me the uh, the file for the, uh, the Polk's Pick 6 winners from this week. Great participation. Oh, no. We had nearly 500 entrants. Wow. This week in uh, in week That's one great. for the uh, the Polk's pick six. That means we need six hundred for this Saturday. That's the goal. That's, okay, we can do that. A twenty percent well, increase. Are the, st- are the games promoting. up for us to, to? Are the games up for this week? Uh, 
Load the games! Okay, I have sent the games to be loaded. I am checking I wasn't necessarily yelling at you. Okay. Uh, what have we? They are not. It's still last week. Yeah. Well, so we'll get that taken care of. It'll be it'll be live by tonight. Mm. But I was going through, and I was really impressed mm. because we had uh, we had nine people that went uh, six and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. They picked Southern Miss, to beat Alcorn State, Ole Miss yeah. to beat Mercer, Mississippi State to beat Southeastern Louisiana, Florida State over LSU, North Carolina over South Carolina, and Colorado over TCU, which meant we went to the tiebreaker. And the total points in the LSU-Florida State game added up to 69. Nice. Thank you. Right on cue. It's a really good final, game. Uh, fi- final score in that ball game. 45 to 24. You can check my math, but that's 69 points. And so I was looking, so I was going through and I was looking at the tiebreaker numbers and somebody gave me a final score, which uh, those really weren't the directions, but whatever. Um, and then there was a 58 and a 41. I'm going through here and I go, 69. Wow. Somebody went 6 and 0 and picked the point total on the number. Really, no. really impressive. And so I texted the person. No, they didn't. And I said, congratulations. You, uh, you are the winner this week. Uh, need your address so that we can send you your prize package from Polk's or so that Polk's can send you your prize package. And I got a very terse response. I mean, I, it was, it was a very matter of fact response. It was his address. And I was talking to Will. And uh, was getting him the information, and he was going to forward everything along where it needed to go. And uh, he's like, "Wow, he picked it exactly. That's incredible." And I, I was like, "Yeah, it was. It was really close. It's like we had one person that was uh, at seventy-one points, so they were just a couple of points off from the total. And you know, one was at uh, was at at sixty-five because they gave us a final. So there were several that were right there around it. And then I started looking at it, and I was like, hey, "Hold on a second. Hold on a second, Will." Mm-hmm. I, know I said, going. this this pick was submitted on September 4th. That was yesterday at 1.52 p.m., which I think is what 13.52 is in military time. Yeah. 1.52 p.m. And so I sent our friend back a message. I said, actually, you don't win because you submitted your picks at 1.52 p.m. on Labor Day. I applaud the effort, but no soup for you. We had a shyster among us. We, we should had send somebody... him something, though. No. Like, not good, no. but send him something. That's what we should have done is, oh, yeah, you win, and, like, send us your address. Here's... And then, like a summons a for bird. online fraud, yeah, something like that, or like catfax.com, or uh, there is a website that if you really hate somebody, like say you got fired and you really want to stick it to your boss, there is a a company, if you want to call it a company, that has a partnership with uh, local zoos and will send animal Excrement. waste to whoever Excrement. you want. Yeah, to whoever you want. So we should have done something well, like that send- to this guy. 
We could just send him. A, we could have just sent him a glitter bomb. Yeah, see, something like that. That's what he should have gotten. So this opens the thing up, and boom, glitter. Jackson turned never out get that not idea. to be our winner. Our winner was Gil, uh-huh. Gil from Bay Springs, who went six right. and zero. Oh, Congrats, Gil! And his uh, total point tiebreaker was seventy-one. So he was just two points away from uh, nailing that score. So Gil is our winner, thanks to you. Got to lock that website at ten o'clock. On Saturday, it's got a lock. It's we got to find a way to do uh, that. Uh, okay, okay. I, I I appreciate what just happened on the air because what I heard was Brian Haydad saying that he would like to take over the IT I, I portion mean, I, of the Polk's Pick Six. That he is going to post I, I can the contract games, that out. That he is going to make sure that the spreadsheet is accurate. He's going to sort through the winners. He's going to contact the winner. He's going to lock the website when it needs to be locked. None so of those things no are going to happen behavior. if I'm in charge. I, I, I think I'm I, just saying. Then stop complaining. I'm just saying. Who's complaining? I'm just you saying is all. You are. I'm not complaining. complaining. <laughs> Nobody's complaining. Stop complaining. Cross, I'll see you in hell. Uh, everybody loves that guy. You know, here's how you can do it better. Well, let me tell you about the 17 saying, steps not, to get to how we actually get a winner. I'm not blaming you, though. I'm blaming Will East. Uh, oh, even better. even better. Good luck with that. Lock it up, Will. Mm. I'm not oh, I'm sure. Text. What's that? No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I, oh, guys, I've got not... the rest of the day off, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a meeting in the office tomorrow. I wonder what that's all I got, about. I got to be in Jackson tomorrow, Borky, and get that lunch off you. Hey, sushi, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have any uh, company issued items that they are asking you to bring along with you? My phone. I don't know what's going on. Ah, <sighs> mate. Uh, thanks for being with us this afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort studio. Um,. Mike in Oxford, the LSU-Clemson Liberty Bowl could be a nice draw for the folks in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, last night, Wallace Wade Stadium in Durham, North Carolina. That's where they played the game last night. A home there field never advantage. never any doubt of that. Never any doubt. Uh, a, a bit of a home field advantage. Uh, although, come on, Duke fans, stadium's not huge. Fill it up for Labor Day night, opening week, top ten opponent. Come on, fill it up. In ten years, eight hundred thousand people have been there. Maybe one of the biggest wins in Duke football history, and it wasn't a fluke. Guys, I watched that opening possession that Duke had. I was I was sitting with a buddy. We were just kind of chit-chat, and I was like, man, Duke looks fast. Not like, I mean, they were playing Clemson, and they looked like the faster team on the field. And then we got to, like, the fourth quarter of the game last night, and they went down to Tom Luganville on the field, and he's like, guys, I, I don't know if you're seeing this from where you are, but I, I'm a little surprised to be saying that Duke is every bit as fast in this game as Clemson is. That was an impressive win. And it was a fairly complete win. And if not for, what, a little bit of kind of a fluky play early in the game, Duke has a chance to pitch a shutout yeah. in that game last night. 
Let's talk about it when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We'll be right back. Talk Mississippi. Your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. to 7 was the final last night. Duke over Clemson in the final game of the opening weekend of the college football season. Riley Leonard. Yeah, look, if you just look at his passing numbers, you are not blown away. But he means a lot to the Duke Blue Devils. The sophomore quarterback who was lightly recruited out of the state of Alabama, 17 of 33 for 175 yards, did not throw a touchdown pass also was not picked off, but he did have eight carries for 98 yards and a touchdown, so averaged 12 yards per carry in the uh, in the ball game. So Duke had a chance to go up seven nothing early, and they kind of stalled out in the red zone. I guess it was inside the 10 yard line. I can't remember where they kicked that first field goal, short field goal. They went ahead three to nothing. Clemson retook uh, or took their first lead, what, in the uh, early second quarter to go up 7-6, or, or to go up 7-3, and then Duke kicked a field goal to make it 7-6. And that was the halftime score. And then just right out of the gate in the second half, Duke gets a touchdown, and they never look back. They outscored Clemson 15 to nothing in the second half. They outscored them 22 to nothing. Sorry, 15 to nothing in the fourth quarter, 22 to nothing in the second half. It was that Riley Leonard touchdown run from 44 yards out that, that gave Duke the lead that they would never relinquish. What did you guys think watching this game last night? Just like thoughts running through your head as you were watching it unfold. Well, this the first thought I have, it didn't run through my head. I didn't realize it until this morning, but the second half... Clemson did not have a drive where they punted, but they didn't have a drive where they scored either. That is one of the craziest stats I've ever seen. Um, watching the game, I mean, it looked like roll reversal. It looked like Clem- that Duke was just the better team and everybody would have expected them to win, and Clemson was the, uh, the plucky underdog that didn't really have a chance. And that's crazy to say, but that's how those two teams looked. You know, for Garrett Riley, a guy who we watched last year at TCU, who was so innovative offensively and the things that he did, that's why he was such a hot name. You know, this year on the coaching uh, on the on the coaching uh, wagon. I mean, they 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 look like they just you know running the same two three plays over and over again. It was awful, awful from Clemson. What's the constant? Dabo, and. You can't talk about this game without giving so much credit to Mike Elko and Duke. I mean, they were physical and fast, and Riley Leonard is a fun player. He's tough, and that was in a cool environment. And that, last night, is what I love about college football and what I hope doesn't go away. We've got to keep underdogs in the sport somehow. I know it's all trending to Super Conference, but bring Duke with you, please, because that was awesome last night. That that was the the, the essence of college football. 
program that has struggled historically. Had a few good coaches along the way. Spurrier was there. Cutcliffe was there. They, they've had nice things, but it's a basketball school. This small little stadium on a Monday night where half the crowd is wearing orange and you, you upset this top 10 team and you storm the field and the scene was incredible. However, as Haydad pointed out, you can't not talk about this game without pointing out what the heck happened to Clemson. Four years ago, it was Dabo's overtaking Saban. Clemson's the new premier program in college football. And those takes were not hyperbolic. What was it, two championships in three years? They were dominating everybody, recruiting at a high level. Quarterback play was great. And then something happened. So Something happened there. It, 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 did he just lose his touch? A lot of people are pointing it to lack of adaptability. And to some degree, you're right. Duke had a bunch of transfers on that roster last night that helped. We watched Florida State have a transfer receiver that Clemson didn't even try to get. There's a transfer wide receiver on Ole Miss's roster right now that would be wide receiver one at Clemson had they tried. Didn't even bother trying. Thousand-yard receiver at Louisiana Tech last year. Didn't even bother. There's a transfer wide receiver at Mississippi State right now that would be wide receiver one at Clemson. Didn't bother. They don't even try to upgrade positions via transfer portal. I mean, you can criticize people that use it too much. They don't use it at all. They don't touch it. Yeah, that's that's not acceptable. Two transfers that's, that's in two years, both a, quarterbacks. That's something where an athletic director has to sit down and go, I don't really care what your personal feelings are about this. This is how college football works now. And if you're not willing to embrace the portal, if you're not willing to embrace NIL, then we have to find a coach who will. Because you're not going to win any games like this. You're just not, unless you're going to recruit... Like Georgia does. Are you going to recruit a top two, three class every year and then retain them? If you're not going to do that, well, you, you got no chance. Yeah. And so you've got this situation now where I've seen people say, well, Club Nick is bad. That, that's it. They're bad at quarterback. Eh. Well, well, is DJ bad too? Because it's just one game and it's San Jose State. At no point last season did DJ Uyunglele look like he did on Sunday against San Jose State at no point. And so you lose Trevor Lawrence, and the next two guys are everybody in the world wants them, five-star, elite, can't-miss prospects, and they're both bad. How often does that happen? There's something up at Clemson. And I know week one, overreaction, everybody overreacts. This has been happening for a little while. This isn't new with Clemson. They were human a year ago. They won 10 games, great. But bad quarterback play, uninspiring offense, got lucky in a close win against Syracuse, lost to their in-state rival. This is a continuation of a problem that's existed for a while there. And this game in particular, Richard, I mean, it really showed. Like I said, Duke just looked like they were the better team at every position. And Duke deserves some credit, right? I mean, Mike Elko. Oh, for sure. For sure. In year one last year, led them to nine wins. And, and you roll this talking about future, future Texas A&M head coach Mike, uh, Mike Elko. Is that who we're talking about here? Uh, well, I don't know. I'm not so sure that the Texas A&M thing isn't going to play out in a fairly positive manner this year. Which is not necessarily we'll good for new, good news for the rest of the SEC, but they still got to do it, and they have a history of kind of not doing it. So, um, 
Yeah. Duke was better. Yep. They were the better football team. They were better at quarterback. I really, really like Will Shipley. I think he plays really hard. I think he's fast enough. But I don't think he was the best running back on the field last night. I don't think. Nah. I mean, I mean, Shipley's numbers were good. He had 17 carries for 114 yards and almost seven yards a carry. He's good. Just didn't have much help. I mean, he, he was also the second leading receiver in the game for, for Clemson. And, and it's just, I mean, Borky, you said a second ago, could have had wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, feels like they could have. But when you hear people talking about collectives, I don't hear anybody talking about Clemson. Mm-mm. I hear about no. Florida State. I hear about Texas A&M. I hear about Tennessee. I hear about Georgia. I hear about Ole Miss. I hear about Auburn. And that's kind of it's kind of surprising because when you think about Clemson and Ipte, they were they were kind of ahead of the curve on like booster clubs from everybody else. But on this, they're way behind. It, and yeah. it's because of Dabo Swing. Because of Dabo. When all this yeah. first started, the quote that I like to bring up all the time when the NIL movement began. What did he say? If players start getting paid, I'll find something else to do because there's too much entitlement in this world. That's what he said. Now he's got a $100 million contract. But that reluctance has carried over, and they are behind. They, they don't even try to compete in that space. You know, you've you got coaches in every sport all over the place. Sorry, I'm like, there's like a fly going around oh, my head. I, hate I keep like the swatting worst. at it. Yeah. Um, you got a lot of coaches that publicly are saying all the right things, right? Yeah, for this, you know, for NIL, great opportunity for these kids, best time ever to be that deep down don't believe it. Like in their heart of hearts, they don't believe this is the best thing for college athletics. They're not sure it's sustainable. They don't know if they can raise the most money and sling it around in the right places so that they can build rosters that are, are able to compete. you got some coaches that say, well, we're going to do it a different way, and, and that's fine. You can do it a different way as long as you're not trying to win a national championship because you're not winning a national championship if you are not very, very active in the space of bringing in highly talented players, and highly talented players, with very few exceptions, are not coming to your place if there's not a significant payment plan in place to go along with it. It's just not. I am curious, how was Clemson getting good players when they started this? Uh, Because they love the putt-putt course outside of the facility. Well, I mean, the putt-putt course wasn't in place when they really got it rolling. I mean, so was Clemson just, you know, we got a great atmosphere, or were they cheating? What was it, one recruiting class where they had the number one player in five states? In one class, I think. They got elite quarterbacks. Luke will join us coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. This is a place for crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Supertalk Mississippi. Could he 
Pretty fast start for Southern Miss on Saturday night. Touchdown pass on the opening drive of the game. Took about two and a half minutes. Five minutes later, they get a touchdown run from Frank Gore. About three and a half minutes after that, a field goal at 17-0 with four minutes to go in the first quarter of the game. And Southern Miss never really checked up. On uh, on Saturday night at the Rock in the season opener, Luke Johnson joins us right now, co-host of the Super Talk Eagle Hour on the Farm Bureau guest line. A uh, really good way to start the season, a fairly emphatic way to uh, start that first quarter for uh, for Southern Miss. What did you see Saturday night? Usually, you know, in games like this, you see more tentative play calling and felt like Will Hall wanted to just kind of show everybody, you know, a little bit of what this team was capable of offensively. And, you know, they came out gunning. And uh, he told us yesterday on the Eagle Hour, kind of those first two drives were were flawless. Um, he was a little disappointed as the game went on in their red zone opportunities. Andrew Stein did go four for four in field goals and hit a 52-yarder. But they had to kick two, uh, you know, mid-20-yard field goals and eight to nine um, scoring. But, uh, you know, they only got four touchdowns out of that. And so he was a little disappointed in that. At the same time, Billy Wiles looked really good. 21 to 28. It's the first time that a uh, Southern Miss quarterback had completed that many passes since October of 21. Um, they got the ball to nine different receivers. And I think that's really what jumped out to people was the amount of skill players, um, that this team has. Um, and guys that maybe you didn't expect to be as involved, like for instance, Davis Dalton, the redshirt freshman from MRA, he got three catches. Caston was probably the best offensive player on the field. Um, he scored the first touchdown, but yeah, you saw creativity early and, you know, they just, they weren't very vanilla on offense. They showed some explosiveness and, and, uh, you know, kind of took some shots, uh, like we thought they might. Um, but I think Will was trying to just kind of show everybody, Hey, um, we're, we're better offensively this year. Luke, I don't know if I wasn't paying attention through or paying enough attention through some of our conversations kind of leading up to the season or you didn't talk about him a whole lot. Did, did we talk? Much about Jacarius Caston going into the year. Five catches, goes over 100 yards, has that touchdown that you referenced just a second ago. Was that expected? I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he was really good early on last year and kind of established his place in receiving core. Then he got hurt, and that was kind of last year. That was one of those weapons that was was taken out. He just kind of stayed dinged up. Um, but he's a guy that you just kind of wrote in that was going to be a receiver. Uh, we, we, we talked about him a lot preseason last year because we thought he would be a breakout candidate. This year, um, I, I, I expect him to be, you know, top two receiving in this, but, but yeah, maybe we didn't talk about him so much, maybe because it was just more of a given that he would explode like that. But yeah, that's what you're going to see. He's going to be in the top, you know, stat lines of the receivers for this team. Uh, and, and another guy, I mean, even though he got jumped in the depth chart, you know, Frog Jones had some, some great catches too. They just, they just feel like they can roll a lot of receivers out. And I, it was something today kind of surprised me. We talked to Jeff Colhane, the voice of Florida State, and, and that's one of the things he brought up uh, was the receiving core of Southern Miss. Um, and, you know, how well, obviously, LSU's was. And, and I'm, I'm not making comparisons. I'm just simply saying on the Florida State side, uh, a couple of days, you know, looking at Southern Miss, they've, they've seen, you know, what type of talent is in this receiving core as well. So – I feel like these two ideas or questions are kind of intertwined. Rodriguez Clark, the Memphis transfer, plays pretty well. Gets nine carries, goes for 54 yards in the game, averages six yards a carry. Uh, Frank Gore did not carry it much. He only six carries. Did have a touchdown early in the ball game. Just 
kind of looking at this and thinking about this, I, I kind of feel like we're continuing with part of what happened in camp. You know you're good. You know what you got with Frank Gore. You know you're going to need him a bunch. There's no reason for him to carry a big load in the season opener. So is that accurate? And then did Rodriguez Clark show you enough to make you believe that there's a pretty solid backup to Frank Gore? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I felt like Alcorn specifically tried to dial down in the run game, and that's why Southern Miss was able to throw the ball like they were. Um, and that's why they were they were effective early on. Yeah, I felt like, you know, there's not much for Frank to prove. And this could be a year where statistically he may actually be down just a little bit, especially through like the first, you know, quarter of the season. Um, because Drake Clark is, is such a good supplement to him. And Clark runs hard, man. And you start mixing in there, they'll, they'll mix clay in there a little bit. And so I think it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it, like it's a bad comparison, I guess, but for baseball, you don't have to get seven or eight innings out of him, you know, at every time. And because you want him to be able to be there deep in the games. And when you have these close games, you don't want to, you know, uh, I, I think Frank's a guy who proved in the bowl game and other places that he gets stronger as the game goes on. At the same time, man, if you've got him at 80% in like the late third quarter because you've been able to supplement his carries, I mean, come on, especially in a close game. So I, I felt like the way the game dictated because the Eagles jumped out so much, they weren't going to, they didn't have to use him as much and able to save him. Um, but it could be that way throughout the season where you see Clark getting some carries. Not because Frank's not capable, because they're going to, you know, just be able to utilize him as they as they want to. Southern Miss coming to this one healthy. Yes, um, they did. Uh, fortunately, of all things, um, Cole Cavallo, the starting tight end, pulled a muscle in warmups, and mm-hmm. so he was on crutches. He's out for a few weeks. Nothing, you know, season ending or anything, and uh, so he'll be out a few weeks. Um, that was unfortunate. That was really the only injury they had. I guess one just uh, maybe take me just a little deeper on Billy Wiles. 75%, 267, three touchdowns, was picked off once. Uh, anything stand out to you? Did, I mean, we, we've talked about the accuracy and kind of the intermediate passing game. Was he able to push it down the field a little bit as well? Yeah, he was. The, the, the one interception was just miscommunication with Brandon Hayes. It was a it was a ball in the end zone. I think he expected Brandon to come back to it a little bit. Uh, but he was extremely accurate and, uh, specifically in, you know, the 10 to 15, 10 to 17 yard range found receivers. Will said he made like one bad decision on like a, uh, an option read, but man, they ran RPOs. Um, Billy pulled the ball at the goal line some. Um, so yeah, I mean, the accuracy was, was evident and it was just kind of like, Oh wow, we can throw the football down the field. Um, and, and that was, cause it, it it's, it's given right at the D1 level, but it's just, you, you haven't been able to do it. Um, so his ability to make reads, um, second and third progression, I think Will was real happy to see that. So as you watched Florida State do their thing against LSU on, uh, on Sunday night, what were the, uh, what were the thoughts that were running through your head knowing, uh, what is upcoming for, uh, for Southern Miss this Saturday? I was like, this is the Florida State of like the 1990s. Like they have yep. a stud at quarterback. They're huge and fast on defense, and they have crazy good receivers. So, and pretty good you know, running back too. Oh yeah, and by the way, I mean, you know, you look at there's Mississippi guys on this roster too, with Mason and Jones in the secondary. I mean, so um, 
Yeah. And, and running behind a veteran him. offensive line. <laughs> oh, by the way. Yeah. Travis looked, looked really good. It's one of those things where, um, it's a money game, but Will did say this yesterday, uh, and he said this today in the presser, you know, kind of comparing going over there to Alabama two years ago, severely undermanned in year one, knowing that you're just going to take it on the chin. They run the opening kickoff back. Um, I think he feels like this, this week is an opportunity just to show how you've progressed some as a program. Um, he even called the, this version of Florida State better than that 2021 Alabama team with, with Bryce Young. So, uh, I, I think they're excited about it. I think at the same time, he's realistic about it. Um, but it's, you know, if, 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 can you get some stops on defense? Can you make a couple plays? Can you do anything to take confidence against a top five team in the country that could be in the college football playoff later on. And the biggest thing is, you know, can you come out of this game healthy? That's most important. Yeah. Um, did you ever figure out if you're going to make it to uh, make it to Doak this weekend? Can't go to Doak this weekend, uh, but but I'll be watching, it, saving saving some for uh, some future trips. But oh, by the way, good luck with Tulane this weekend. They look really good against South Alabama. Yeah, thought so. Um, Pratt's really good. Veteran, kind of kind of seen it all. And I, I don't know if roster wise um, stacks up, but but we'll see. Could be. They look good. And we had mentioned it Sun Belt wise. I mean, Texas State had a huge win this weekend, and there's opportunities for the Sun Belt this weekend with with some big games. I know Virginia's terrible, but but it's pretty uh, pretty interesting. James Madison's a favorite on the road in that game, and in, in inside the state of Virginia. He thinks Florida State is better than 2021 Alabama. He said it today in the, the postseason or the post practice presser. I was just kind of scrolling through. That team lost by a field goal to Texas A&M on the road. That was the 41-38 loss, and then they lost to Georgia in the championship game, which was a rematch of the SEC championship game. I was trying to think back about that team. They had a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback too, didn't they? They did. Hmm. Yeah, Florida All State right. might. Could very well. You could very well see that for Jordan Travis this year also. All right, Luke, thanks so much. All right, guys. Have a great day. Luke Johnson joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We've got more coming up with you right after this on Sports Talk Mississippi. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Luke joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. Let's go back and finish up the conversation about Clemson and Duke and the reticence that Dabo Sweeney has to evolve 
in this college football landscape. What, what, what do you think it is? What, why do you think there has been a hesitation? Ego? Uh, stubbornness? You know, the things that, that classically bring down coaches in, in, in so many ways. You know, I say, the one thing I say a lot is a lot of coaches would rather win their, or rather lose their way than win somebody else's. And you've got Dabo who, who, you know, believe it or not, you know, he has these deep seated, uh, philosophies about how college athletics should be. And he doesn't want to deviate from them at the, at the price of winning. Well, the price of winning is what pays your salary. That's 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 the price. So you got two choices in, in college football. You can either do what it takes to win, or you can lose. Those are your literally your only two options. And sometimes you do what it takes to win, and you still lose. He has yet, until now, I think, been given a reason to truly change. If that makes sense. Because he can point yeah. back to won the conference last year. Yeah. Went to a New Year's Six Bowl the year before. Yeah, but even he's not paying attention if he doesn't realize that Clemson looks different than they did five years ago. Uh, I mean... For, and, and look, there, there are smart people outside the program. Trip Vidilfer kind of at the top of the list. We talked about this this morning. Who have looked at Clemson for a few years now and said, eh, something's not right here. Yeah, I remember... Trevor Lawrence didn't get any better. We brought it up at the time. I mean, this, mm-hmm. we're talking years, a few years ago, when Dilfer was like, okay, Kelly Bryant got benched. He didn't get any better. Trevor Lawrence, an elite-level prospect, if anything, got worse during his time at Clemson. Now, he was still great because he's Trevor Lawrence, but still. Like, something is not right there. And then here comes DJ, the superstar, and played a few games, remember, before in place of Trevor Lawrence, and played well, and then a year later he stunk. And, yeah. now, and now here's Cade Klubnik, five-star, can't-miss, elite-level prospect. And, Not good. And oh, and oh, by the way, to add to that, Trevor Lawrence has grown since moving on to the NFL. Mm-hmm. It appears that DJ Uyunglele is in the process of growing at Oregon State under Jonathan Smith and that staff from what he was and and just talked openly about the fact that he was having fun again, enjoyed football again, and kind of regained the, the passion for the game. I, I, I don't know. It's because it felt like, I mean, from early on, okay, Clemson was, was fun, and then people got tired of Dabo in a hurry. Because they, they felt like he was preachy and people don't like to be preached to. And then we've kind of watched. It feels unfair to say the demise. Clemson football has not crumbled. But it's not maintaining the way that it did. Hey, here, here's what I was trying to think about a second ago. Is there another program in the realm of what Clemson has been for the last decade, who is adamantly saying, eh, we're not really using the transfer portal, and uh, the NIL thing, I mean, yeah, we got a little bit, but that's that's not really our number one. Now, now there are some programs who can't, right? You Duke got some elite- can't. What? 
the team that they got beat by last night can't just go get whoever they want in the portal, both academically and, yes, you know, football players get help. But still, Duke's different. Yeah. And they don't have the booster money to give to a collective for football when basketball is a thing. Yeah, and I guess that's what I was was getting at is there's some programs who can't, right? Vanderbilt can't, doesn't. They don't. They don't bend their academic admission standards, and they don't have the investment from their fan base toward NIL. You know, Duke doesn't really have that. Stanford doesn't really have that. There's some smaller programs that don't have the ability to go out and raise money for a collective to pay players through NIL that Clemson should have the ability to tap into. But is there another program that that is Clemson-like who is choosing not to tap into those resources. I mean, I can't think of one. I can't either. When we look at no. the top ten teams in the country. Um, and we got new polls out today. We'll look at those in the next hour. I mean, clearly Georgia's invested. Michigan's invested. Alabama's invested. Florida State's really invested. Ohio State's invested. Southern Cal's invested. You see what that Penn State roster looks like? You think James Franklin's invested in going and getting the best players that he can and asking people for money to help him? I don't know what Washington's level of investment is. Tennessee's big-time invested. Notre Dame is... I don't know what Notre Dame is. I don't know. Four o'clock hour coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi. Let's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Good to be with you in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of live entertainment, including, uh, well, lots of stuff coming up this, this fall. Had, uh, what was it last weekend? Hey, man, what was it? La- last weekend. No, no idea. Oh, you do. We talked about it last week at Pearl River Resort. Is it Buddy Holly? Oh, well, it was supposed to be Buddy Guy, but he had to cancel. Oh, did it get canceled last minute? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, live entertainment coming up. They've got uh, live music every single weekend at the Bar inside Golden Moon. Say what? Did you say Buddy Holly? He did. I did, but I couldn't. I, Buddy, I knew it. I knew the guy was been dead. For yes. like 70 years? Yes, I'm aware. The day the music died. I get all of that. Thank you. I knew it wasn't uh, Buddy Holly, but you were like, who, who, who? Musical like, scholar, Richard yes. Cross. Well, you know but, they're doing hologram technology now. You never know. That's <laughs> had him up there. Him and Tupac. <laughs> Who's that? Tupac? Tupac, Tupac Shacker. Um, you think they'll have Tone Lock with them? Probably so. He don't need to be a hologram. He's still he's still kicking. 
Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, live entertainment. Check out <laughs> PearlRiverResort.com to see what's coming up on the horizon. They've got a blues review that's happening in October. That'll be at uh, Center Stage and uh, a lot of other cool stuff. That's actually at the uh, Silver Star uh, Convention Center. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi, the C Spire text line is open to you. If you want to make fun of me, feel free. Richard having a seance to talk to Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly, <laughs> OMG. That's that's what we get on the C Spire text line. We got him and Richie Valens and the Big Bopper. They'll all be there. Look, guys, I really just do this for you, for your entertainment. It's not that I don't know these things. I just look like to have <laughs> for you to have reasons to be able to laugh. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep, that is uh, that is it. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, so what just happened this weekend? So we got, we got Clemson that we've been talking about. LSU did the exact same thing. Yeah. Now, the level of competition was different. Right? I mean, Florida State yes. is a legit national championship contender. But LSU was supposed to be also. Matt Muscona and T. Bob Abair do a um, they do a post game show. <laughs> I, I watched a bit of it. I would not encourage you two with any children around. No. Uh, there, there were poor, poor there were T. Bob was down, man. That there were parts of it that were um, more egregious than others. But they came on the air, and uh, Matt Muscona goes, uh, whiskey and wine from the cigar house, and then you just hear T-Bob go, and this is an expletive, it, just pretend like you're filling in a blank. He's like, Arrgh! just one big, long bleep, followed by bleepity, bleepity, bleepity. It's like They open with USC next year, so they might have another season opening loss uh, you, on the horizon. Do you guys realize that it's four straight years that LSU has lost, lost season opener? its season opener? Yeah. Yeah. Mississippi State, UCLA, and now back-to-back to Florida State. Yeah. Opening the season with, with marquee games. But this and one was different. Here's a, a stat. I saw a stat today. No team has ever started 0-1 and made the playoff. And, and this one won't either. 1-1, yes, but 0-1, no. Equally important, no team has ever lost and still won. Fact. You could tell this man hung around Trent Dilfer the yeah. past week. He knows. He gets yeah. it. So so it's not fair to draw the parallels between the two opponents because, like I said yesterday, I mean, people are too many people are doing the LSU is bad thing, and they're not playoff contenders like some people thought that they were. But it's still... LSU, the reigning West champion, all that. Like the the you, the at my state fan friend texted me and was like, "LSU's got to be a W now," and I said, "Got to be? I don't know if got to be is the right answer here. Still, there, it's still LSU. They got beat. Give by, that man, give me his number. I need to talk to him. It's Tim, my my buddy Tim. But listens to the show, probably listening right now. Sorry, Tim, I just outed you. But uh, Tim, you're a crazy person. Don't ever say that out loud again. But what do you chalk what happened up to? LSU, the reigning West champion in Clemson, the reigning ACC champion who was supposed to be a playoff contender, got embarrassed. It wasn't that they just lost. 
LSU didn't just lose to Florida State. Florida State's really good. If you've been listening to a show called Sports Talk Mississippi, and a guy named Michael Borky's been telling you all summer, Florida State's really good. And so Somebody was picking that game back in March. Yes, sir. So LSU losing to Florida State is not a thing. It, it, they, they lost to a really good team. They got dominated. Dominated. And so did Clemson. Does it mean that just those two teams are in isolation, not what we thought? Or do you think that the idea of the portals allowed for parity is helping college football become what you were hoping that it could become? Duke doesn't win that game without the transfer portal last night. No shot. They were dependent on, largely dependent on transfers to make that roster what it is. And they beat Clemson. Florida State's State's roster is filled, filled with impact transfers. What what, what do you make of what happened the last two nights? (sighs) Well, teams are older experienced, I think. Yeah, yeah. And you can get older with the portal. You can. We, we, this may be the last year. Maybe we've got one more. But but you've still got the element of an extra year from COVID that it, that is helping some teams, and and it's helping it's helping teams who have a guy that was there and got an extra year. But also, there are more older players that still have a year of eligibility that are available across the the country, and yeah. and I think that plays a role in it. Anybody who played as a true freshman in 2020 has one more year. And then if they redshirted in 2020, they would have two more years. So we've got we've still got some to, to get out there. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have teams that have gotten better because of their willingness to embrace NIL. Well, and then uh, Colorado, too. It's unorthodox. But if... Dion was traditional. They're not beating TCU. No. No, not with the roster they had last year. If they just flipped 25 players, no. Exactly. It's giving teams the ability to cut their losses faster. Right? I mean, if you make a bad recruiting evaluation 10 years ago, Generally speaking, you're kind of stuck with that guy for at least a couple of years. And in some cases, three or four years. Now, I know scholarships... You could try to run him off, but you're the bad guy if you do. Yeah, they were renewable year to year, but still, most people didn't just cut a guy's scholarship. And so, you you could bring in 25 new players, but you were kind of dependent on whether or not you were old, and you had the right mix, and you had some impact players, and you brought in some new impact players... But then you had dead weight in the middle of your roster. There are a lot of programs that don't have as much of that because if they go for a year and there's dead weight in their roster, they, they're like, hey, you probably need to find somewhere else because you don't have a spot here next year. We're bringing somebody in to replace you. And that's happening all over the country. And, there, you know, there's some, there's some cold reality that goes with that. But overall, I think it's making football teams better, and it's allowing teams – that are traditional powers that have fallen on t- hard times to get good again 
fast. We're two years removed from Florida State winning five games. Two years. 2021, Florida State was five and seven. Last year, they bounced back and went 10 and three. New AP poll comes out today and they're number four in the country. Mike Norvell's in his fourth season. Yeah, we're going to figure out what Ole Miss is this year. We don't know yet. But Lane Kiffin's in his fourth year. He's got a second-year starter at quarterback. He's added some impact high school players, really, for the first time. He's brought in some impact transfer. It's a pretty good roster. It's a roster that lost five of their last six last year. And yet they can kind of flip that, try to address the areas of concern, and then move right on forward. Ari Wasserman has had some observations about Clemson. He'll join us next on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV on this Tuesday afternoon, the 5th of September. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios, all guests on Sports Talk Mississippi appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Love to hear from you. Uh, we remind you that Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel. Genteelapparel.com is their website. If you want to look your best on game day, whether you're in Oxford or Starkville or Hattiesburg, be sure to check out the Collegiate Collection from Genteel, available at men's specialty stores across the state of Mississippi, including places like Harry Meyer Clothing in Meridian, Landry's in Oxford, SF Aldman in Gulfport, and Smith & Company in Greenwood. That's Genteelapparel.com. Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Right now on the Farm Bureau guest line, Ari Wasserman joins us right at The Athletic, covers college football. And, Ari, um, it wasn't necessarily the headline-grabbing opening weekend that we've had some years, but there were some pockets of really entertaining football, whether you're talking TCU Colorado or we thought it was going to be North Carolina, South Carolina. That one kind of disappointed a little bit, but... Boy, Wyoming, Texas Tech filled filled in, and then we got uh, a little bit of drama the last couple of nights. What what's the grade that you give Week One? I think it's a pretty solid B plus. I would okay. think. Now there might not have been the uh, crazy, crazy, crazy upsets out there. I mean, although you could probably count Duke beating Clemson as that, but I thought it was a pretty revelatory weekend. Um, you know, for instance, I think Florida State kind of emerged as a team that needs to be taken seriously as a national contender already. Um, you know, to me, I was watching that game and the athletes that they have on that team and the way they were flying to the football. It's like, okay, well, you know, they were a trendy preseason pick to be pretty good, but, you know, I think we kind of saw right out of the gate that they are very, very good, you know? And, you know, especially coupled with Clemson losing, like, isn't that the team that's probably got a pretty nice inside track to the college football playoff this year. Like, I mean, learning that alone, I think, in week one in a game that the entire country was watching is a pretty exciting thing, you know. And 
of course, Colorado, you know, is a very interesting program. And yeah. I believe that a 59 to nothing loss, in my mind, was on the table to TCU. I thought that there was a chance that their lines wouldn't be competitive. And, you know, we'd get to a point where the hype met the, met the television and that the hype would lose out. And they go out and beat TCU as a 20-and-a-half-point underdog and go, hey, you know what? They might have the best player in college football on their roster. You know, I, I think that if you kind of look around the scoreboard a little bit, it might not be as exciting on paper. But uh, I thought that there was a lot of answers that were that we got that you know we the questions that we had been asking all summer. Ari, two years ago, if I had made the statement that I'm going to make to you next, you would have talked to Michael Borky when you before you hung up and said he he really should be checked into a facility. But I look at Florida State right now and I say. Show me one spot on the roster, one position group where there's a glaring weakness. And I'm not sure that I see it. And I look at Clemson's yeah. roster right now and I say, show me one spot where there is a glaring bright spot. And I'm not sure that I see that either. Yeah, I mean, a lot can change in a few years. I mean, I think that we've learned that the transfer portal um, kind of neutralizes those types of holes, you know. Not too long ago, you actually needed to recruit good classes and top-level players to, you know, address a hole on your roster. And in order to do that, it might be a two- or three-year building process. But now you can go out and get a first-round draft pick in the portal, plug that person in right away, and they're very good. You know, and I think that it's really interesting that you just brought those two teams up because it also kind of highlights the number one concern that I would have if I were a Clemson fan, which is Dabo Sweeney's inability or refusal, I guess, to embrace the transfer portal. And, you know, you have a team that now is one of the best teams in the country in Florida State that has embraced it quite a bit. And yeah. Clemson's on the wrong side of that matchup right now. Um, and when you think about all the receivers that were – available in the transfer portal. You know, Keon Coleman, a, a player now that it's on Florida State's roster that Clemson's going to have to defend here in a few weeks. But Dorian Singer, I mean, the list goes on. There's a lot of very good players at that position that were available that Clemson didn't recruit because they don't do that. Um, so to me, I almost feel like it's coaching malpractice in 2022 or 2023 or 2024, you know, ever since this began to not embrace that and to utilize that, to plug and, and fill holes in your roster. If you're Dabo Sweeney and you have a, a program that has been a perennial contender for the past you know, five to eight years, and you see that you don't have a game-breaking receiver on your roster, why are you not addressing that by trying to see what's available in the portal? You know, it's, uh, it kind of blows my mind a little bit. It's almost yeah. malpractice to me. Yeah, and you know it's funny you bring up Keon Coleman. We're sitting here in Mississippi, and and Ole Miss was not in it for Keon Coleman at all. But they worked like heck, and it came down to Florida State and Ole Miss at the very end. And I mean, Florida State ultimately is where he wanted to go, and there was a good NIL deal in place. But I mean, a program like Ole Miss, who has embraced the transfer portal, was like, wait, there's a difference maker at receiver. Let's do everything we can to get him. So my question about about Dabo and Clemson is, is it the transfer portal, or is it NIL that they are not embracing, or have those things become one and the same? Yeah, I, I mean, I, it, maybe it's one and the same. I guess there's a certain type of player that Dabo Sweeney has found to be attractive for his roster. And I think that player is a uh, class-first, team-first, religious kid in, in some cases who doesn't prioritize 
you know, other things besides being the best version of that, of that person as a football player that they can be, while also remaining committed to that program. And I think that there is this certain uh, thought process that people who don't prioritize NIL are more likely to be, uh, you know, positive fixtures on your roster, and people who care about money and NIL uh, might have a higher likelihood of causing you problems, you know. And I think part of that is a result of just the way that people talked about young men who played college football for the past 50 years. Uh, and part of that is just, you know, us being brainwashed by the NCAA that people who prioritize their income or at least consider their income, you know, goods for service, you know, I mean, you know, payment for a service as bad people. And, you know, I look at myself and the way that I, I live my life. I'm assuming that you do the same. It's America. Society is driven by compensation and our career goals and aspirations and moves that we make as professionals in this industry are predicated based on compensation and fit. So I don't understand why young athletes who are playing college football, who are Division One players, and especially Power 5 players, who I think you can already make the case for are the one per top 1% of their field, should be victimized, or I mean, or not victimized, but viewed poorly, or villainized is the word I was looking for, for prioritizing the most that they can make off of their name, image, and likeness. It's part of the and game. You know what? Even if compensation is not... No, no, I was just going to say, I, I love where you're going with that. Even if compensation is not the number one thing for me, maybe it's, maybe it's uh, quality of life based on where I live, but compensation is part of the equation. Like, I, I can't afford to live where I want to live if I'm not paid enough. You, you, it has to be part of the decision. Yeah, of course. You know, it's in anything. I, I'm not saying that I would just blindly take any job that came after me because they pay more than my current one. But you have to take those things into account. And if you're down to Ole Miss, uh, Mississippi State, and Miami, and one of those three schools, you know, if they're even, offers you more money, on top of it to sweeten the pot or you find one of those cities more desirable to live in or whatever drives you because we're all driven by different things that that doesn't mean that you can't be dedicated to football or dedicated to your team or the program that you're involved with it means that you're doing the best that you can to situate yourself in a better position as a result of your skill set and i think that it's going to take some years before we can just reverse the trance that we were all in for such a long time that pay for play is bad and kids who take handouts are terrible people. And, you know, and the funniest thing about it is if you go and you look into the NFL and, you know, a lot of people who, who, you know, have played this game professionally now were willing to speak openly about their recruitment. All those players or a lot of those players that you thought were the program first were, were taking money anyway. Of course they were. So it's just, it's just the, it, the whole thing's been a scam, and I'm not saying that Dabo isn't taking transfers only because he doesn't want to pay for them. If you don't want to go pay for transfers or you feel like like money shouldn't be the deciding force to why a player comes to your program, I understand that. There are certain type of people who just have their hands out and aren't focused on anything other than being paid. And if that's not the temperament that you're looking for, I'm not criticizing him for that. But what I am criticizing him for is being the uh, CEO of a, of a major company and, and program in 2023 and not embracing an aspect of the game that could be live or die for his team. And you might think, hey, uh, you know, this is a good coach who only wants a certain type of kid in there, but he's doing his entire roster 
a disservice by not putting the best players on the field or fielding the best possible team as a result. And now he might feel good about the players that he has on the roster who aren't worried about money, but now they've got a big fat loss to Duke on their, on their resume. And it's just, you know, I, I think that if you really go down the rabbit hole here, there's a, there's a larger discussion to be made of why don't you want these kids to be paid? Why are you against it? And what are you going to do as a coach who also makes millions of dollars a year to address your job and field a better team as a result of this? Like, it's a huge deal. Certainly is. Ari, thanks so much for your time. Good catching up. Your number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Good conversation with Ari Wasserman from The Athletic. I need to get him on more often. Interesting uh, interesting thoughts. Really really does a good job covering college football at The uh, the Athletic. You can read his work at Ari Wasserman. Uh, writes for The Athletic. Sports Talk Mississippi. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. Let's um, get the new AP poll out today. AP and coaches poll. I don't know if it's worth going through both of them. The coaches' poll is not worth it because Clemson's ranked ahead of Duke. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. I, I'm, I no, mean, no which, is, no which runs counter to what my eyes saw last night. So let's go with the AP poll. Uh, no change at the top. Georgia won, Michigan two. Though Michigan got two first place votes, and Florida State got three first place votes, and I have absolutely no problem with that. Me either. The. Um, I had it here just a second ago. The three first-place votes for Florida State came from – one of them came from Brett McMurphy. He um, he had Florida State first place. Reese Davis had Florida State ranked one overall. And then David Jablonski from the Dayton Daily News had Florida State ranked one overall. I, I got – that's three guys that said, who was the most impressive team in week one? I don't care who I had ranked number one overall to start the season. Florida State. Florida State was the yeah. most impressive team in the country. You had no issue with voting them number one. Regardless of where you had Georgia. Regardless of where you had Alabama. I'm okay if you want to let Georgia hang around four or five until they have a significant win where they are really, really impressive. I just, I, I don't buy into the, well, this is where I had them ranked last week, so this is where they have to stay moniker. All right, so Georgia won, Michigan two, Alabama moves up a spot to three. Florida State jumps four spots from eight to four. Ohio State with an uninspiring week one win over Indiana, though a conference win. Drops two spots. That they won by three touchdowns. They won a road conference game by three touchdowns and moved down two spots. And they dropped from three to five, and Alabama beat Middle Tennessee and moved up a spot. And didn't... Alabama didn't run the ball particularly well when you look at it. Southern Cal State put at six. Penn State stayed put at seven. By the way, we got a message on the uh, ceasefire text line a little while ago. 
Robert sent us this message. He, it was a, a screenshot of the top ten in the AP poll, and he's like, seriously? Penn State is ranked higher than Tennessee? I mean, who's buying that ranking? And I said, my, my response was, Robert, I cannot stand James Franklin. But Penn State is really good. It's a great disclaimer that, 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 that you, know, you know you're telling the truth. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's like I felt like that put a little more oomph yeah. on my Penn State is really good. Exactly. It pains exactly. me to say this, but um, yeah. Roberts is, he's like, he says, I agree they're good, but I do not think they are better than, say, Texas. I get it, it's week one. Yeah, it is. And, and we'll see. Yeah. It'll all play out. That's Look, the man. That's the beauty of it. Hey, the Texas thing is going to play out on Saturday night. All right, so so yeah, we're we're headed that way. So Southern Cal and Penn State stay there at six and seven. Washington jumps two spots from ten to eight. No issue with that. Tennessee jumps three spots from twelve to nine. Yeah, okay. Notre Dame jumps three spots from thirteen to ten. They're getting the benefit of the doubt from two wins, though. It's not because they beat Tennessee State 56-3 that they're jumping. Meanwhile, Texas stays put at 11. If Texas goes to Tuscaloosa and wins, how high do they climb? Well, I mean, in reality, you should rank them Florida State 1. You might run rank Texas 1 and Florida State 2 at that point. But that's what it should be. Yeah. The, the real answer is they'll probably be third or fourth. Okay. The, uh, the the biggest jump we saw in the polls this week was with Florida State moving up four spots and with North Carolina moving up four spots. That was the biggest jump this week. Utah at 12 is up a couple of spots. Oregon up two spots at 13. LSU fell from 5 to 14. It's they one week. Nine spots. And they played a great team. And they're still going to win games this year because despite being, I mean, possibly the most like, dis, the most unlikable active FBS coach out there, Brian Kelly's still good at it. They're not the 14th best team in the country. Well, you think Brian Kelly's the most unlikable coach in college football? Active. Or in the FBS? Current? No, head no coach. way. I, I no dislike way. him more. I mean, uh, I can't think of a guy that Dabba. I like less. Dabba. James Franklin, for one. I'll, for you. You're out on, yeah. I'm not saying you're on an island, but that's not the most populated area in the country, is the James Franklin hate aisle. D- Dabo's easy to make fun of, more easy to make fun of. Brian Kelly's harder to like. Like, there are people that mm. like Dabo because of, I, you know. And, and it, I don't have any issue with Brian Kelly. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Never, never had a problem. He's just yeah. so Saban hard to like. Is more disliked than than him because he far, wins too much. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'm it doesn't matter why you dislike somebody. The, Brian Kelly's hard to like. So, Every time so I hear you don't him talk, like Brian like, Kelly as a person, yeah. not as a coach. You don't think a he's a bad person? Yeah, I don't. I don't that person. What? Are you what? It, yeah, what again, did, you do? did he kick your puppy or something? Uh, well, you know, yeah, we can dive into that if we'd like. I, I, there's well, a thing I get that, that but yeah. yes, yes, I know. But and his personality I don't stinks. Know, man. I mean, he he is so. When you listen to him, I, I listen to press conferences. He's awful. I mean, it's just, I mean, no personality and just tries so hard to be funny, and he's not funny at all. And I mean, remember the time after the game that he said he wants to execute his team. <laughs> 
he was trying to quote something and just swung and missed so bad that it came out that he did. I want to execute my football team. Like that kind of stuff. He, he's If you ranked coaches that I would like to have a beer with, he's last. He is at the very bottom of guys that I want to go snag a beer with and share stories. That's what I'm talking about. He can coach ball, but I don't want to hang out with him. Oh, okay. I just I still just don't see it. You want to hang out with Brian Kelly more than I mean, again James Franklin is a little bit different, but in the SEC, if you got to, I get to have a beer with this coach. Brian Kelly's last. He's he's definitely ahead of Drinkwitz. I, I would want to hang out with Drinkwitz. He, he, that's got to do with dislike. I just, he is not last in the nerd. SEC for me. I promise you. No, I, I think he'd be interesting to talk to. I'd like to. You could yeah. nerd out with Drinkwood, so you get him going on like Rings of Power or something, yeah. and then you you know you got something there. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is not. I wouldn't want to drink with Jimbo either. Gotta be honest with you. Yes, I would rather hang out with Hugh Freeze and Brian Kelly. I would because I got questions. I'd like to see his game. I don't know. I just kind of see you know. You want to see Hugh Freeze's game? <laughs> I want to be ah. his wingman. See how it goes. It's not hard uh, to have game when you're. Is, never mind. This is. Let's just go back to the poll. We even have time. Yeah, let's do that. We got a couple of minutes. Um. <laughs> Utah up a couple of spots to twelve. Same thing for Oregon at thirteen. LSU. Okay, that's where we got. Kansas State is at 15, that's up one. Oregon State at 16, that's up two. North Carolina jumps four spots from 21 to 17. feel like that might be a little low for North Carolina. Oklahoma goes from 20 to 18. Wisconsin stays put at number 19. Ole Miss up two spots from 22 to 20. Duke was unranked, they're now 21. Colorado was unranked, they are now 22. Texas A&M and Tulane stay put at 23 and 24. And the biggest drop in the polls after week one, the Clemson Tigers, who fall 16 spots to number 25. Why are they ranked? Why? Well, who on earth put them in their poll? Who? And why? I mean, if you really I just had that really up, I should have looked. Like, go to this really hard I got it right here, yeah. Grid. grid. Tell you who put them in. Uh, see here. Chuck, Chuck Landon. Chuck Landon and John Pearson. John did. Pearson. Uh, oh, our friend uh, Scott Rabelais had him 24th. What? Emily Adams, who we had on the show last week, had him 23rd. Oh, Emily. 22. Uh, Mike Varell. Chad. With the Seattle Times. Is that Mike Varell? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, had him 22nd. Okay. A lot of people have him on the poll. Hold on a second. Here's an 18. Who is this? Oh, Blair, Blair Kirkhoff. Yeah, at the Kansas City Star. Blair, what what are you doing, man? How could you oh, watch? Here's a 16. Oh, we got a 14 a, on here uh, also. Yeah, we do. I'm at, sorry. What? Uh, Emily Liker. That's from Syracuse.com. Take her vote away. Take it away. Take it away. See, I liked I like Stephen Johnson's poll because he's got Mississippi State 24th, but he also has Clemson 16th. I don't like that. Well, I'm not really into stripping people of their votes because my opinion differs from theirs. When you rank that Clemson team that you watched last night 14th, it's not an opinion anymore. It's just wrong. 
That is very clearly not the 14th best team in America. I, I do think we can agree on that. We'll be back. It's time to get real. Real sports talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports Talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Tempted to do this before? I mean, Borky was so adamant about who he would want to hang out with. Have a beer with. I, I, I ordered the SEC coaches during the break based on who I would like to have dinner with. Yes. All right. What, what, one through 14. Okay. Um, number one, Kirby. I, like, I, I just, I know people who know him who say he is as good a guy as there is. Like you get him away okay. from football and like trying to say what he's supposed to say, just a great guy. I feel like Kirby, if you ever played golf with him, if he wasn't the head coach at Georgia, just Kirby Smart, the guy. On the first tee, he's like shaking your hand. Hey, man, nice to meet you. Let's uh, have a good round. And you hit your first tee shot, and he says, good shot. And by hole 16, he's driving his cart into the water, like on purpose. Like, I feel like his personality, when you really get him going, he's like kind of fun and like uh, destructive and. Like that kind of guy. I feel like, I feel like he would he would just rake you over the coals for eighteen holes. He would just be the most, you know, something busting person you can imagine. I can feel that in him. Yeah, yeah. his, his and, locker room speeches are so counter to the way he presents himself publicly. Like he's yeah, awesome. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, like like mercilessly yeah. rag you over a bad <laughs> shot. Yes, yes. Uh, number two, this going to surprise you. Number two on my list, Mark Stoops. I mean, he's just a blue-collar guy. He'll pound beers with you all night. Big red wine guy. Big red wine guy. I guess, you know, got the Now that I would not have projected. Would not have expected that. True true statement. Number three, Sam Pittman. Got to be up there, yeah. Uh, Wings and beer. I went Saban four. I think Saban. Interesting. I, I think Saban away from, like, if you ever get him away from football, um, mm-hmm. he, uh, D- different, different guy. Uh, yeah, Sh- Shane Beamer five. He's close to our age. Too. He's likable. He is. Jimbo six. Because I think you're going to a good steakhouse with Jimbo. We're going drinking, not eating. No, I'm that. I'm doing this for Go dinner. Bar. Like I, I'm sitting oh, down okay. and I'm having a meal at a nice place, and oh, it's going to okay. take a couple hours. And you gotta, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you can't just like you're going to where we're going in Dallas stool. this uh, this July. I feel like Jimbo though would order for the table, and it would be really bad orders. Mm, I, I, <laughs> like no, no, no. You put <laughs> that menu down. I got you. I got. I, mean, you I know what like I'm a, doing. If you don't like a cowboy bone and ribeye, you may not like what he orders. But I think that's what he's ordering, if he's ordering for the table. I'll take that. He's getting everybody a six-ounce filet. Next, I got Clark Lee. (laughs) He's a really nice guy. I feel like like you're letting the home team down here, Richard. I got got Lane after Clark Lee and Zach Arnett after Lane. Okay. Those are my next two. Um. Lane could be as high as one or two on the list if I know that I'm going to get engaging Lane. 
But if he's Can like I get Twitter lane, the, if he's bored with the whole thing, well, you then, know, you got to go down to, to to Boca and 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 find the restaurants he likes to eat there. Yeah, I'm having a yeah. good time. Um, bottom of my list is Brian Kelly, Billy Napier, mm-hmm. Eli Drinkwitz. Although I actually think I want Eli above Napier. Napier uh, is like we're going to Texas Roadhouse. Heupel is, I think, the most guy. boring human being on the face of the earth, and I'm just going to call in sick if I got to go to dinner with you. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I I'm glad I didn't say what I. What are you doing? Are you okay there? Dude, I'm telling you, like, there's this little fly. There, there are two of them. They've just been floating around my face <laughs> the entirety this. of the show. Do you stink? For God's sakes, put some no. cologne on. Somebody said, who is Clark Lee? <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Hey, he's 2-0. He's got more wins than Zach Arnett and Lane Kiffin right now. Put some respect on his name. Uh, ceasefire right. text line. Lane would be at the bottom of play golf with. I would not play golf, yeah. I don't uh, even play golf, but he's got to be miserable out there. Are you eating with Twitter Lane or press conference Lane? <laughs> exactly. Twitter lane is is a party. Press conference lane is like, can I get something to go? Would the waiter be able to hear Lane's order? <laughs> <laughs> On that list, who's most likely to order their steak well done? I think it's Drinkwitz. Uh... Yes. Or Napier. Yeah. I could see Napier the, the being like, can I get the cowboy drink- ribeye red well done? And Brian Kelly would go to a nice steakhouse and order the pork chop. I just I just think you're off on your characterization of, of Brian Kelly. Yeah, Jason Tupelo says so. Jimbo well done. I, I think oh, you guys I don't are know about com- that. That's, no, ca- I think you guys cowboy. are missing nah. on Jimbo. Like, like, yeah. I'm not a fan, but... Texas Jimbo is is pretty Texas. It's not fake. I mean, he's he's boots and horses and ranches and the Republic Steakhouse. Like that that's his jam in College Station. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi College Football Fix coming up next. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. Now. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV in the Pearl River Resort studios. Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. We are trending toward the best time of the year to play golf. I know lots of people love the spring, love it. You're coming out of the winter, flowers are starting to bloom. But the fact of the matter is, in spring golf, we'll take whatever we can get. But it's still a little mushy sometimes, still a little wet. Course is not maybe greened up quite as much as you want to, but with the fall that we have, golf in October, golf in November, oh, fall golf. And fall golf at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club is just a couple of weeks away. You can book your tee time at the Oaks or the Azaleas. Schedule it today. 
Enjoy either one of those 18-hole championship golf courses part of Pearl River Resort and Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Seaspire text line is open at 601-879-4395. Got one that said, uh, Richard, where would Mike Leach be on that list if he was still the coach at Mississippi State? Uh, quite simply, the answer is one. I want to I want to share a meal with people who are interesting. Like that's why Richard and I never go eat. That's not true. Yeah, he says I'm just so uninterested. No, it's not true. Usually, when you no. and I are in a place where we go eat together, you're the only option I've got. So I mean, you know. <laughs> Hey, oh, hey, oh, you yeah. just gotta set yourself up for that one. So sorry, right. I, I did, I did. Sorry, right. uh, no, he would, he would be one on the list, and I don't think we would spend much time talking about football. I don't think, maybe, like not at all. If I were guiding the conversation, much to the chagrin of Brian Haydad, I don't know that there would be a football question in there, other than like, oh, for, for other, dinner. Right. You know, it's different. Hey, tell me about the time you locked that kid in the woodshed down at, at Lubbock. He deserved every bit of it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, do you have any way you could turn a heater on in there while he was there? <laughs> if I could have uh, put him on the surface of the sun, I would have. Oh, goodness. Yes, he would unquestionably uh. be number one on the uh, on the list. Uh, let's get into the college football fix, shall we? The college football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one. At your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Lines Tuesday. Today is the day that the uh, lines all come out for the uh, games that are coming up this week. The uh, schedule is it's okay this weekend. That there are there are absolutely some like grab your attention headliners, and then there's some eh. and, and then there's a lot of just kind of oh okay. Okay, I can engage in that. Yeah, there are a lot of games where they can be super interesting. Mm-hmm. Like Auburn Cal. On paper, eh. But. How late am I going to have to stay up to watch Starts that? at 9.30 Central Time. And I'm going to be in oh, the Eastern good. Time Zone on Saturday. Starts at 10.30 for you on Saturday night, buddy. You're still fine. You're still it's fine. 6 a.m. flight on Sunday morning. Okay. Oh, well. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how interesting the game is, right? Um, yeah. All right, here, here's what we got for the SEC. Uh, Vanderbilt is at Wake Forest. Vandy is a 10-and-a-half-point underdog. And, no, your schedule is not wrong. That game starts yeah. at 10 o'clock Central Time on Saturday morning. There you go. Don't know why. 11 Eastern. So you get early let's, football on Saturday. Let's get going. Well, I mean, Let's get going. We, we kick off games at 11 o'clock in the Central time zone all the time. Why can't they kick one off at 11 yeah. o'clock in the Eastern time yeah, zone? Man, my South Carolina friends Absolutely. and Clemson friends that whine about noon, they, they make me so mad. That extra hour would be so nice to have here. Yeah. Um, Ball State's at Georgia. Georgia Woo-hoo. is a 42-point favorite. Give them. 
You, you're laying them. You, you, you think they come back strong this week after last week's kind of lax performance? Yeah. I mean, Ball State lost by 30 to Kentucky. I think they can find an extra two touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Mitchell is the uh, the athletics director at Ball State now, former uh, senior associate AD at Southern Miss. Worked under, uh, yeah, just good for him. Yeah, there you go. Uh, no line on Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky and FCS team. Ole Miss is a seven and a half point favorite at Tulane. So I jumped up a point. I thought it opened at six and a half. Did it? Man, the, so. the volume uh, of people that incorrectly said what the line opened at cracked me up on Sunday. Everybody just like, for some reason, wanted to be first on line open at this, and it was like seven different numbers. Hmm. But it has trended heavily uh, towards Ole Miss. I mean, Tulane's best defensive player uh, going to be out for this game, and Pratt, the quarterback, didn't practice. Although, it, you know, in one of my group messages, you know, the guys are like, "Oh, wow, Pratt might not even play. Easy Ole Miss win." And, and my thought is, don't you want to see them play Michael Pratt at full strength to know what you actually have? I know wins are important, but. I kind of want to see Ole Miss get tested this weekend, really tested. And if they're if they're playing a backup quarterback at Tulane, it's like, well, we have another week of what are they? As opposed to if they can rattle a a true veteran, really good college quarterback, then you may have something. I don't know. I want to see Pratt, and I want to see him 100, percent and I want to see what Ole Miss has against a guy like that. You're assuming they win regardless. I, yeah, I, I will, will comfortably take Ole Miss and seven and give you seven and a half points. You would you would lay the seven and a half and take Ole Miss. Yeah, I, I think the Rebels will win by a lot more than that. Texas A and M is a four and a half point favorite at Hard Rock Stadium in South Florida against the Miami Hurricanes for a two thirty Central, three thirty Eastern time kickoff. Okay. Sure. Uh, Feel pretty good about the Aggies there. I, I would be kind of inclined to lay those four and a half as well. Yeah. Uh, Arkansas favored at home by 38 over Kent State. Uh, no line yeah. on t- Tennessee and Austin P. Alabama is a seven-point favorite at home against the Texas Longhorns. I. I remember predicting this game last year, and I was like, ah, it's going to be like 42-10. to 10. And it wasn't. And I don't think it's going to be 42-10, to 10, but I think Alabama's going to make a statement on on Saturday. So I, I, would, I would give you the points. It's a prove-it game for Texas, too. Prove it. Prove it, Sark. Prove it, Texas. You're, you're coming to the SEC now. If those people think that they are ready for this, prove it. Give me a score, hey, like like... Thirty-four seventeen. Uh, yeah, something like yeah, thirty-five twenty-one, something like that. Okay. Missouri is a uh, twenty and a half point favorite at home against Mitsu, as our Scottish friend from Missouri said last week. That's right. Those poor guys. Uh, I, I wouldn't bet that game. I have no no feel for it one way or the other. No. It's it's good money for the school, I get it, but having to go to Alabama and Missouri to start your season as Middle Tennessee State, that's uh, yeah. that's tough. Yeah, I mean, one of those feels a little more daunting than the other, but but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, LSU and Grambling, McNeese and Florida, no line. Mississippi State, 
Ten-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Arizona Wildcats. That's gone up, so people are betting uh, People are betting Arizona. Um, Wait, what? Well, that's backwards. They're betting Mississippi State. Um, so ESPN right now has it at nine. So then that's gone down from this morning because that's what I used. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so it's your back point forth, is then. people are laying money on Arizona if it's moved a point and a half. Yeah. I, I think State will cover when it's all said and done. I just feel like State, assuming they still have the same advantage on the line of scrimmage they did a year ago, they'll be able, especially if they're going to run the football, I think they'll be able to control the line and, 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 and get a probably a two-touchdown win, I think. Coaches always compliment their opponent. Always do. Lane Kiffin called Tulane an SEC team. Said it was their ninth SEC game this year. And guess what? He's done that with Tulane before. Uh, so, you know, sometimes... And then proceeded to beat them by 40. Yeah. And, and that Tulane team won two games. But uh, Arnett, when talking about Arizona, uh, it felt sincere. Like, like he, he really... Not con- concern's not the right word, but they have his attention. Just listening to him and, and what he usually says versus what he said about this opponent. Let's just say it's very different in terms of detail and tone about Arizona than southeastern Louisiana. He They have his attention. Delora has his attention. Their offensive scheme has his attention, more so than your typical coach speak. And it and that they should, and they better. I mean, I, I agree with Haydad. I think Mississippi State is a better team than Arizona. You, you may remember last year, I was – very, very confident in Mississippi State heading out west mm-hmm. to Arizona. Hey, Dad, you were less so. This year, a I'm little a less, yeah. little less confident in Mississippi State than I was going into this game a year ago, and I feel like you're a little more confident going into it than you were a year ago. So we'll see what that means. Uh, we're back with you after this. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. All right, you got no line on Furman in South Carolina. And Auburn is a a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against the Cal Bears with a 9.30 Central Time kickoff on ESPN. Berkeley, California, where dreams go to die. Hmm? They scored 58 points last week, did Cal. So I'll probably take Auburn, but it could be close. How many Auburn fans make that trip? Good bit, I'd bet. 10,000? Yeah, I mean, when are you ever going to go out that way? 7,500? Yeah. You went out that way, right, I assume, a few years back? Yeah, it was working. Like, is it, but is it like, I mean, I don't know how close Berkeley is to, like, wine country and all that. Is it, you can make a, you can make a day out of something? There were, there were a lot of people that turned that into, like, a long vacation. And they Mm -hmm. made the football game part of, you know, a couple's trip where they went and either went to Napa or Sonoma and then came down. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Man, that was a weird deal. So Ole Miss, I mean, it was basically the same deal, right? I mean, 9.30 Central Time kickoff when Ole yeah, Miss played Cal. Does that sound that. right? 
Nine thirty. Yeah, because I, I remember state played state played a late game, played it like a six o'clock game, and when that game was over, Ole Miss was just like in the second, in the first quarter or something. Yeah. So it was weird. Woke up in the hotel, like six six thirty something like that on Saturday morning. Game day's on, like it's already started. Yeah. So that was a, a little odd. Get up, eat breakfast, and I'm like. There's a long time before we go to the stadium. And so I grab breakfast, jump on the the BART, the public transportation deal, take it from Oakland where we're staying, over to San Francisco, rent a bike, go ride across the Golden Gate Bridge, come back across, turn the bike in, go back to the hotel, grab some lunch, watch like two full football games, and it's still not time to go to the stadium. And then, you know, we, we, we finally go and we go a little early and it's like four or five hours until kickoff. Now I realize I just made that like a 42 hour day. I understand that, but it was a long day, uh, waiting for, uh, for that game to kick off. So a little bit different, a little bit different consumption of college football on the West Coast than anywhere else. Um, If you're looking for a new Ford truck, Belt Ford in Oxford is the way to go. Right now they've got up to $9,000, depending on the model you choose and approved credit, uh, $9,000 off a Ford F-150. And we're not talking like bottom end. We're talking the the XLT with a a certain package. Great-looking trucks that are on the lot right there. Save up to $9,000. They'll treat you like family at Belt Ford because they are a family company, have been for a really long time, like over 100 years. Ford dealership for... Oh, goodness, over 60 years as a Ford dealership. Great sales department, great service department. They'll take care of you after the sale as well. They'll get you the best financing that you can get on the market, put you in the vehicle that you want, and take care of you. So the next time you're in Oxford, or if you live in Oxford, go see them at Belk Ford Highway 6 West. That's Belk Ford Highway 6 West or online at BelkFord.net. And tell them that you heard about them on Sports Talk Mississippi. So... A couple of other games this weekend. Notre Dame is at NC State. NC State is without its starting quarterback. Is that correct? I think that's what I read. Without Brendan Armstrong? I think I read that. I haven't seen that. Utah is a a 7.5-point favorite at Baylor. All right, there's your fishy line. That's the fishy line of the week. Yeah, explain that one. Baylor just lost at home to Texas State. And their quarterback. Baylor's starting a backup quarterback. Utah won against a you know, pretty high-profile game, have 10 days to get ready for this one, and they are only a 7.5-point favorite. I don't get it. Well, I'm going I'm to take Utah, I'll tell you that. We'll play the right side of that one. So that doesn't that doesn't strike you as fishy? It, oh, it's definitely fishy, but I think Utah can uh, work its way through it. This is especially if Cam Rising is going to be back this week, and I don't know if he is or not. But if he is, yeah, they should have no problem. They, I, I would pick them to win that game, even if Baylor had handled uh, Texas State. So, but if Baylor had handled Texas State, seven and a half would have made sense. Yeah. Iowa, four-point favorite at Iowa State. 
the Cyhawk game, among other things. President Trump will be there. Uh, oh, really? That's what I, they, there was a press release today. Yeah, Can, is he actually going to the game or just campaigning in Iowa? I believe they say he's going to be at the at game, the football game. He should he should find a fairly receptive audience there. I would think. And I, I would think so. Yeah, I would think at most college football games, President Trump would find a fairly receptive audience. Outside of the West Coast, I would probably agree with you. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe even some places on the West Coast. Um, huh? Wisconsin is a six and a half point favorite at Washington State. It's one to turn on on TV too. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And then Southern Miss is getting twenty eight in uh, in Tallahassee. Talking to somebody somebody earlier, I was like, if Southern Miss got Florida State two years ago, you'd be thinking, you know, get a turnover here or there, you go down there and win that game. When Southern Miss has to go to Tallahassee, it's a playoff team. Great timing. Yeah. Yeah. I like Southern Miss, but I think I would would, uh, give the points there. Yeah. Um. So, hey, Dad, what do you make of, of Zach Arnett's comments about about Arizona? Borky was saying a second ago that uh, he thought that really taking we can hear seriously. some of them actually. Yeah, if, uh, if if you guys would like, a- absolutely, by all means, absolutely. There's some of what Zach Arnett said about uh, Arizona uh, yesterday. Returning quarterback, uh, I think I, someone can double check me on this, but I remember seeing at one time. I believe they led the country last year in explosive plays, plays of 20 yards or more. And if they did not finish at that up until the last couple weeks of the season, they were leading the country in in number of explosives generated. They they have a phenomenal scheme offensively. Returning quarterback, very mobile and agile. The the sacks he gets out of when when you feel like you have him bottled up in pressure, he he flushes and finds a way out of there. He has one of the quickest releases uh, I've seen in football right now. So very talented. Uh, you know, Coach Leach and his staff had recruited him, and I think had him committed. I, they might have even signed him right at Washington State. Uh, and so very talented, very deep, stable of running backs, almost similar to us. Uh, I mean, they got all-purpose backs. Number six, Wiley, is a tremendous player. He's out in the in the Territorial Cup. I believe it's called, right, versus uh, Arizona State last game of the year. They got him out at number one wide receiver running fade balls to him. He's making those catches. Then he's splitting you on an inside power play uh, the next play. He is a, he is an all-purpose, do-everything kind of tailback, and they are very deep physical runners. Um, they're big and talented, athletic up front. I, they, I can't say enough good things about their offense and the ways they challenge, challenge defenses. I mean, that didn't feel um. like just window dressing. No, but at the same time, I would tell you to go back and listen to the good things that he said about southeastern Louisiana last week. I mean, he made him out to be a real threat. I, I think I think he, he does a good job of, of pumping up his opponents. But a lot of what he said is true at the same time. This is a good Arizona team. Delore is a good quarterback. They have talent at the skill positions. It's just it's going to be about, for them, can they do what they didn't do last year, and that's block Mississippi State's defensive line. And that defensive line last year did not have Jaden Crumity on it. So... 
If they can do that, then yeah, offensively they can present a real challenge to Mississippi State. If they can't, and State is constantly putting pressure on Delora and they're stuffing the run like they did last year, well then State's going to win the game pretty easily. Michael Wiley, who he mentioned, had 771 yards rushing and eight touchdowns last year. They get D.J. Williams, Jonah Coleman uh, back as well at the running back spot. Both went for over 350 and combined for seven touchdowns. So Jaden Delora threw for... Almost 3,700 yards. He had 25 touchdown passes. He was picked off 13 times. So that was a, a bit of a problem. His rushing numbers are skewed pretty dramatically by sacks because he was sacked a bunch. Um, he had a net of 116 but gained 359 yards rushing last year. So mobile, but not mobile in the sense that he's necessarily looking to run or they're doing a ton of designed runs for him. It's mobile in that he's able to move around and buy himself time and try to throw the ball down the field. And and if I remember that game correctly from a year ago, he was on the run a lot, largely because of what Mississippi State did on the defensive line. But it was once you got him on the run, it wasn't he avoided a sack and then either threw it away or made the right play to go gain six yards. It was like he would avoid the pressure and then make a risky throw. Yeah. He threw three picks doing that. Yeah. Three of his 13 last year came against Mississippi State in that game in Tucson. 6.30 kickoff on Saturday night in Starkville on the SEC Network. We're back with you after this. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. Ceasefire text line said there was another fishy line to look at. We'll do that in just a second. Curious what you uh, what you guys think the uh, the most expensive ticket in the SEC this weekend uh, outside of Tuscaloosa? I mean, no, no, that has got to be Alabama. Yeah, that's the easy answer. One hundred and fifty-seven dollars is the get in the door price for Texas and Alabama. So after that game, almost too late. There it is. Cheapest ticket to get into uh, Ole Miss Tulane is $90. The least expensive ticket this week in the SEC honestly surprises me a little bit. Actually, it surprises me a lot. You get a ticket for $6 for Arizona-Mississippi State. Hey, is it not going to be full on Saturday for this one? Oh, I don't know. I just don't know, man. You know, it wasn't a great crowd Saturday, uh, this past Saturday, and I don't know. I really don't. There's a lot of tickets available to this game. Before you even, I see you, I see you cranking up there, Borky. No, no, no. I, said, I don't not, know. Yeah. I, I, no, no. I, I said Borky. Well, no, I said Borky. I know yeah, you're not. He was talking to me because why on earth, if you're a Mississippi State fan, and again, and not everybody can pick up and go to football games. I, I get it. Trust me. But there's more than 60,000 of you out there. If you're a Mississippi State well, fan I mean, yeah. who has the ability to go to this game, financial constraints are real. I get it. But if you can go and you don't go, why? 
how on earth would this game not I mean, the be the weather's going to be would, nice. It's a it's night a game. Night kickoff. It's you a got a quality opponent. Team like yeah. why on earth would you we're, not want to go to this football game? We're we're going to see what it looks like on Saturday and then on uh, Sunday Thunder and Lightning podcast. We might have to have a difficult discussion, which we'll, I'm sure we'll have to bring here as well. Vandy Wake Forest, you can get in for 9 bucks, 26 for Ball State in Georgia, 22 for Eastern Kentucky and Kentucky. 60 is the get-in-the-door price for Texas A&M and Miami down in South Florida. 21 for Kent State and Arkansas. 57 in Knoxville for Tennessee's game against Austin P. 19 for Missouri and Middle Tennessee. 19 for LSU Grambling. 14 in Gainesville for that game against McNeese. Furman, South Carolina is 27, and Auburn and Cal out on the West Coast is 41. Do you know what the most expensive ticket in college football is this weekend? Boulder. Easy. Yeah, it's Colorado and Nebraska. The get-in-the-door price for Nebraska at Colorado is $351. That scene's going to be unreal. Yep. You know what would be kind of funny? It would be funny if they lost. That would be funny. Well, okay, so that's the fishy line thing. Colorado's a three-point favorite in this game. Nebraska is coming off a loss on the road against Minnesota, heartbreaking loss in the season opener. Nebraska hasn't won a one-score game in like three seasons. I mean, I think I think I saw that prior to Saturday, Nebraska was a seven-point favorite in this game. So it's moved ten points, which is yeah. significant movement. Yeah, it's going to be a scene in Boulder, though. The 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 one thing, I mean, Fox is all thrilled. This is their big noon on Fox game, or big whatever. Mm-hmm. That's an 11 a.m. Central time kick. That means that game is kicking off at 10 a.m. in Boulder. These schools are getting used to that kind of thing. I guess. You know? I mean, the, the, these schools move into the Big Ten. I mean, they're going to be playing some 9 a.m., 10 a.m. You know, Stanford will definitely be playing some. 9 a.m., 8 a.m. games in the near future. So yeah. Everybody made fun of Colorado's AD when he was asked about paying for Dion's contract, and he was like, we really can't afford it, but we're going to be able to. He was right. Yeah. It took him one week to, I mean, they, they've already got, like, his contract is paid for already. And there was, because of how bad they've been at basically everything, they didn't have the money to pay for the contract that it took to hire him. And in one week, it's paid for. Yeah. I mean, you want to sit on the visitor sideline on the 50-yard line, 541 bucks. 30-yard line on Colorado's home sideline, um, a little over $1,000. What are the fees for that, by the way? That's something that doesn't get talked about enough. There was even a hearing at Capitol Hill, which, again, Congress ain't going to do anything about anything ever. But the the predatory nature of these ticket sites that all have magically come up with the same amount of ridiculous fees to buy tickets on their platform is something that sports fans don't talk about enough. We just accept that when you buy a $50 ticket on StubHub for, for your family, so you think, you know, 200 bucks for us to go to the Saints game on Sunday. No, you're spending $275. 
for your family of four to go to a Saints game on Sunday. You've got to buy an extra ticket and a half, basically. And they all do it. And so they're not even competing against each other at this point. Because they all jack up the rates based on these fees that are just hilarious and predatory. Yeah, I don't know. I got to sign into this account to figure out. Oh yeah, I, what it all it, is. It, you know, it's ridiculous though. I, I I swear, if I ever get money, I'm going to invest in somebody that wants to do a ticketing platform that will have by far the lowest fees to get people to go to concerts and games and stuff without having to buy basically an extra seat every time they go. Yeah, I mean, it feels like you probably would um, be able to uh, to make some money if you were doing that. Because that's capitalism, buddy. All the companies working together, that's not capitalism. Me coming in with my all of my many thousands of dollars that I'll never be able to save up in life, um, I'm going to start a ticketing platform, and we're going to bankrupt them all. America, baby, that's what it's supposed to be. Uh, does this include fees or not? Um, I'm looking. I'm, I'm trying to. Oh, jeez, gotta sign into everything here. <laughs> I'm trying to get you an answer, Borky, but I'm not coming up with uh, anything right away. Oh, there we go. Uh, service fee: two hundred thirty-seven dollars and seventy-four cents per ticket. Yeah. Plus a $2.95 processing fee. A a, a pair of 30-yard line tickets. Uh, These are resales, so they're on the secondary market. But uh, two tickets for Colorado-Nebraska on the 30-yard line on the home side with fees on Ticketmaster, $2,948.43. I'll tell you how bad it's gotten. So when I took a few days off earlier this summer... James and I went to go visit my dad in South Carolina. That's what we did. And we went to a Greenville Drive single-A baseball game. Nice little stadium downtown, single-A baseball, Red Sox organization. For us to get tickets, the the drive sold the game out. But we found out, because we called the ticket office, that StubHub buys them all for all these minor league games. Buy all, they, all, they buy all the tickets. The game wasn't close to being sold out, but we had to go through the secondary platform to get tickets. For us to go with other members of our family, for a minor league baseball game, $60 in fees for the purchase. To go to a minor league baseball game, $60 extra. For us to go watch the Greenville Drive lose badly at home. Yeah. that That's the depths of how... Predatory is the word I'm going to keep using because they know we wanted to go and they know we were going to pay for it and there's no other option. I mean, I guess the truth of the matter is you either pay it and you go or you don't pay it and you don't go. Yeah, but again, that's why I'm going to I'm going to let capitalism reign supreme and I'm going to compete and I'm going to win just the second I can get some money to do it. The truth of the matter is, though, capitalism is reigning supreme in those those. Companies are making money. But they're not competing against each other. That That's why they had the hearing on Capitol Hill. Yeah. Because the, the question is, are you guys actually competing? Or are you in lockstep with all of us are going to do the same thing and we all make money? That is anti-American. 
Ceasefire text line. Ben says, Ben from Byram, number 9 slash 10, Delta State plays at, is it Chowan University at noon on Saturday? Delta State looking to uh, move to 2-0 and on the season when they hit the gridiron on Saturday. He also asked if there is a direct link to the D2 to D3 podcast. Uh, JT Mitchell, who uh, works in our news department here, has started that podcast. I think, Ben, I don't think anything has changed this week. You, you can use the Super Talk or the, the um, Sports Talk Mississippi podcast feed. And when the newest episode is available, it will populate in our podcast feed, Sports Talk Mississippi, and you can grab it there. There were a lot of people that were really interested in the uh, first couple of episodes of that. JT doing a good job with it. So uh, so be sure to check that uh, out. Um, let's see here. There were, there were a couple of people, hey, Dad, that, that said, you know, heat, part of the issue for Starkville and why people aren't coming to the game. Heat? It was like 80, 85 at kickoff Saturday. It was nice. It was overcast. It's going to be, like, cool this weekend. Sports Talk Mississippi will wrap it up with you coming up Make Making excuses and go to the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here's more. Super Talk Mississippi. With you on Sports Talk Mississippi, the new Polk's Pick 6 is up. It is live at supertalk.fm. Hey, Dad, you can get your picks in right now. Here are the games this week. Ole Miss at Tulane, Arizona at Mississippi State, Southern Miss at Florida State, Texas at Alabama, Texas A&M at Miami, Auburn at Cal. Your tiebreaker this week is the total number of points in the Texas at Alabama game. Uh, it is simple. Those are the six games that you're picking, not against the spread, just picking winners. You do the tiebreaker, your name, your phone number, and your email address. We will contact the winner on Monday or Tuesday of next week. So that's, uh, that's what you got there. Supertalk.fm slash polks. Supertalk.fm slash polks. It is free. It is easy. It is fun. And, uh, we'll talk about you positively if you win, as long as you don't cheat to win. To cheat to win, we'll uh, we'll call you out for your shenanigans. And as um, Jackson found out, yes, there is a there is a timestamp on the time your entry comes in. And so, if you do it on Sunday night, we're going to know it. We are going to know it. Uh, hey, Dad, I've checked the forecast. The high in, uh, on Saturday in Starkville is eighty five degrees. Mm-hmm. And sunny, the overnight low is 62. With a 6.30 kickoff, that means, what, probably 81, 80 at kickoff? Going to be 72? Might be in the 70s. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, by the time the game is over, I mean, you might even need a little light jacket. Could be brisk. Somebody said the first two Ooh. weekends of dove season always kills Mississippi State. I mean, go hunt on Sunday, people. Go hunt on Sunday, the first tee. Did, 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 just say, did it say it out loud? I'd rather dove hunt 
than be a Mississippi State fan. Just say it. Say it out loud. Some people will. Yeah. And then, you, I mean, then you get later in the year, and it's like, well, it's the first weekend of both seasons. And then you're like, it's the first weekend of gun season. I'm saying, yeah, yeah, at some point, it's you just always, gotta decide it's always what you want to do. Right. You, you just got to decide yeah. what you want to do. That's a big game on Saturday night in Starkville. Big game. Um, Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com and uh, follow along on their social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Keep up to date with all that is happening in and around Oxford. Visit oxfordms.com. We still got time to uh, hear from Lane Kiffin, don't we? Think? Yeah, yeah, let's hear from, uh, this is Lane Kiffin yesterday. We're playing two lane this week. It's uh, going to be great. On the quarterbacks, you'll hear an answer uh, about quarterbacks and then a question and then another answer. This was Lane yesterday. Yeah, Jackson played really well. And like I've said, had a really good camp in spring. And so <clears throat> he's the starting quarterback and um, said all along. We're extremely excited about that room. Had depth in the room. Um, Walker came in, played really well, made some really good throws in the game too. So, you know, I always say each in the team, each position group is its team within itself, and our goal is each year to improve that in the off season. And um, that position has been dramatically improved, uh, like you saw the play from all three guys that went in. What was Jackson's reaction when you when you named him the starter, either? Friday or Saturday, either Friday night or Saturday morning? Um, I don't know. I think um, we'd have to ask him. Um, I don't think it was a, a big reaction. I think that he just, you know, he's been here long enough to know that we teach him control what you can control and be ready to play. And it's out of your control how many snaps you get to play. You know, that's, a, that's our decision. And um, we don't always expect you to agree with it the players, but we expect you to respect it and go go play really hard regardless of what your role is. Well, perhaps part of the reason that he didn't have a big reaction is he probably already knew that he was the starting quarterback. He, he wasn't. I think he wasn't told on Friday night or Saturday morning. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't have to be told then because. Maybe it's because he told him to, in that voice. He's like, hey, you're the starting quarterback. And he just wasn't very excited about it. Did, did you see his Old face, Eeyore though? Kiffin there. Lane's face when he was asked that question, he had to think to remember that he's been lying the whole time. <laughs> you know, he had to be like, yeah. I told him on Friday. No, I didn't. Oh, he, he didn't have a reaction. Yeah. yeah he had to process, can, like, can oh, somebody wait. somebody Photoshop uh, an Ole Miss hoodie and a visor onto Eeyore, and we can start, we can start marketing that? Oh, there was one fascinating thing from the press conference. If you if you listen to the entire thing or you read the press conference, twice he was asked about the quarterback position, and he mentioned Jackson Dart. And then, without being prompted, he mentioned Walker Howard, with no mention of Spencer Sanders. I don't know what that means. And talked about role and, you know, you don't have to like it, but accept it. Like, pretty stern. Like it or don't like it, learn to love it. It's the best thing going. 
Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday afternoon. We've got more with you tomorrow starting just after 3 o'clock. For Brian Haydad and Michael Borky in the Pearl River Resort Studios, I'm Richard Cross. Good night. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.